Hey, Alex, a lawyer and a financial advisor walk into a bar. Oh, yeah, then what happens, Dave? Well, the question then comes out is how important is it getting the right people? Oh, the right people for your business. I'm going to say not important at all. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Just, just grab whoever you can at the moment. Whoever you can, yeah, that's right. I suppose for me, it obviously depends on the business you're in, you know, depending what you, you know, some businesses are all about the machinery or all about, you know, the, the equipment and that sort of stuff or the, the facilities. And it depends sort of what you're selling. I know for me, you know, for both of us, in fact, in professional services, you know, what you're effectively selling is, is the, the, the skills and uh, personality to some extent of the people that you're, of your team. So, you know, the, the people are sort of everything. For, for us, I mean, all our business is, is, um, good people and good relationships with good clients and referrers, you know, that's it. And the rest of them. But is that across if, but is that across every business? Even though you may be a manufacturing business, if all of a sudden you haven't got the right people inside your organization, even though they may not be they not be running the business, but if you've got people inside your organization that are either they don't turn up on time or if they don't care about the quality of what they're doing or they don't care about the relationships, that has an impact upon uh, upon your business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm being a bit facetious, obviously. If you've got machines, you need someone to operate them and you need someone to manage the business and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it seems to me that it's probably the most important thing in business, you know, and not just getting the right people but keeping the right people and, and moving on with people who aren't right and knowing the difference and that's a real struggle you know you you say well I I need someone in this role and at the moment in this kind of labor market you you might be happy to have anyone Um, but if you've got the wrong person or or the you know maybe the the right person but they're doing the wrong thing um, they're in the wrong area you know what I mean you've got to have the right people doing the right jobs otherwise it's just this is where you have that you have the statement of you know uh, hire slow fire fast yeah but the problem at the moment if you take too long to hire someone, you know, you might ring them on a Friday and go, I've got this offer, or you don't ring them and you ring them back on the Monday. They go, oh, no, I've already, I've already, I took another job over the weekend. You're like, no, I really, so it's hard because all of a sudden I agree with you. People saying, yeah, I want to get the right people, but at the moment I just need anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think obviously there's a balance to be struck at the moment with the, you know, you might, maybe you are better off having someone who's, you know, 70% right than having someone who's 95% right just to have someone in the chair, you know, someone driving the, the truck or someone unloading the, the container or whatever it is. Um, so there's, there's, a bit, but I think particularly senior people, and I see it all the time in our clients and probably I'm guilty of it as well. You, you either have the wrong people and you're sort of a bit fearful about how to deal with that potential conflict. You don't want to have the conflict, so you just sweep it under the rug for a while. Yeah, hope it, it might go away. What's that? <laughs> just hope it might go away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Or, 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 that, or that leopard might change its spots into a stripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, I think the original expression there is is, is not a leopard doesn't change its spots, but the, the leopard changes its fur but not its nature. Yeah, there you go. Right. That's, yeah, that's very highbrow, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very highbrow. Exactly. You can look different, but you are what you are. But I, I see it all the time, and I think I've been guilty of it before. You think, well, this person's not quite right, or they're not performing at the right level. I'll performance manage them. You know, I'll do a couple of things, and then eventually I'll just sort of give up and accept some standard. And, and I know I've seen a couple, a couple of clients just recently have um, their CEO has moved on in unhappy circumstances. And the business has just flourished after the CEO's gone, right? Because the CEO was not the right person and hadn't been the right person for some time. In both cases, the CEO had been there for many years. 
and they, you know, they think, oh, a long service, that's good. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes that's bad. They, they've got all the wrong. Yeah, you need a fresh set of eyes, a different opinion. Yeah, but in both. And you, and you've, but also you lose your good staff along the way mm. because they're getting sick of dealing with this individual who it's a bit like, the, you know, you're dropping the pebble in the pond. The ripple of effect throughout your organisation can be enormous for one person because they're not either brought into line or they're just the wrong person for what they're doing and people, you do it, you see it when they do leave or they're, they're asked to leave or they leave of their own choice, people come up to the owners and go, oh, thank God they've left. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's right. Know, they were such a troublemaker and now we can kind of open up. It didn't matter what we said, they were always no, 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 and, and so people stop you know, coming up with good ideas. Yeah, sometimes the owners don't really know what's going on until they're gone and then the, they hear from everyone and they uncover all these hand grenades that are lying around the place or whatever that they they didn't have the visibility, especially if in the, in the CEO context or in the kind of the, the senior executives because often the owner's relying on them to tell them what's happening. What's going on, yeah. Yeah, they're only getting part of the picture. Yep. Um, but I, I, it'd be rare. I mean, we've had obviously clients who've lost key people and it's it's really hurt them because those people were, were great. But I see all the time this kind of inaction. And as I say, I, I'm not saying that I'm any better than anyone else. I think I struggle with it as well. When you've got someone who's sort of okay but they're not performing at, at where they should, having that discussion is quite difficult. Improving them is quite difficult. And, and my view is intellectually I know if they don't improve quickly, they're never going to improve. So you've either got to improve them quickly or, or or say, look, this is not the, the place for you. There's, you know, jobs more suitable for you elsewhere. Off you go. Um, that can be, that doesn't have to be mean, but, you know, that's the reality. You're never going to be happy here. Um, but doing that is, it's easy to say, uh, but it's very hard to do. And, and I think a lot of our clients kind of struggle with it and end up, you know, if you don't have the right team around you, you're just never going to take your business to the next level. You know, your business is always going to be but it can also be quite traumatic for people to to offload or ask someone to leave when they know of their, you know, potentially there's personal circumstances and you know there may be there may be some challenges that they've got at home. They may have some kids that are not well and all of these sorts of things. And you know, it, it sometimes it just continues to add up. And it's like we've really got to cut them loose. But and, and ultimately, in the end, sometimes you've got to look at someone has to be sacrificing for the bigger picture. Yeah, you know, unless you're a charity, you, you you kind of get you can't get back to this, can you? Yeah, think about the rest of your team. You know, it's, if if they're not performing, then someone else is carrying that. Right, that's just a reality. Someone else is picking up the slack. Either the client, the customers, are getting a worse deal than they should, or the rest of the team are, are picking up the slack. So, is it fair to them? You know what I mean? You know, you've got to. And again, that's one of those things I can I sort of say and I give advice to clients sort of freely about it. And then I'm not sure that I do it <laughs> myself because uh, you know it's quite a it's quite a it's, con- it's a confronting thing personally you know because you know and in a small business you're often you know pretty friendly with everyone and Correct. so asking them to perform at a higher level or you know especially if they're under stress elsewhere is very difficult and I think there's a perception too that you'll get done for unfair dismissal that you know if you manage someone that that that's some that's micromanaging you know but there's yeah, difference yeah, between yeah, micromanaging yeah. and just managing. You know, you're as the owner of the business or as the CEO or whatever, you're entitled to manage the people around the place. In fact, that you're obliged to do that. Yeah. So the topic for today that we're really covering is how important is getting the right people. And and it is. And and, and I suppose what are some of the areas that you've seen? And I agree with you, how do you manage up or out? Like it's 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 a difficult thing, but if everyone's busy, which is the way, 
which is sometimes then do you need to bring on more people before you get yeah. too busy? But in the current climate, it's just difficult to find people, period. Yeah. But what are some of your experiences that you've seen of, of I mean, you gave the example previously that spoke about the CEO that departed and this business just kind of blossomed. Yeah, so so I've definitely seen that. I think, you know, how, how do you find the right people? Yeah, I think getting rid of the right people can actually be a really powerful thing to do. I, it, it's a bit away from the employment context, but my old, old job, you know, I when I, I took, took over from the old um, CEO and, uh, and I got rid of a few people, um, including the accountant, right, the external accountant, which was a mistake because you need the external accountant when you're new to the business and you're still sort of getting your, your head um, around what's going on and you've lost some key people and you've lost the accountant all at the same time, then suddenly it's a big headache. And, and looking back, I was sort of young and, and enthusiastic and I probably should have I should have spaced these things out, and particularly the accountant because your accountant's a key ally in any, any business, you know, your relationship yep. with the accountant. Well, they know the way things have been put together and why it's been put together that way. And Yeah. And the accountant was hopeless, right? Needed needed to go, and we needed, and we got a much better accountant in that was better in the long run. But that period was very painful because I, I didn't space it out. So, you know, if you're looking to um, make organisational change and bring, you know, improve, a, make a team, a medium performing team into a high performing team, then you've got to, you know, have a plan and do it bit by bit because you do it all together. And there's going to be an acceptance factor of a bit of pain along the way. I mean, any like any journey is going to cop a bit of pain. Along the way, you just can't expect that you wander in there. I mean, because people's own mindset changes, and 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 also you've you've I think I've found over the years that you know in certain businesses of a certain size, certain people are very good, but then the business gets bigger, and and, and the individuals that are involved can sometimes not keep up, and so therefore the, their capacity is just not up to speed. And so, how do you kind of work around part of that? And that's always a bit of a challenge. I mean, they were the right person. At a point in time, but as the business has grown and it's doubled its revenue and it's now got X amount, it's like that person is just not skilled. Even if we gave them the additional trading, it's just not the person that I'm after. So, you know, that's always a tough. Yeah, I reckon that's a great point because, again, I see that. I don't think I identified it in that way, but that's absolutely right. That The skills, you know, from a particularly from a kind of a mum and dad business, as you might call yeah, it, yeah. as it becomes more corporatized, you know, you got you might have just had you know, uh, a mum and dad and, and their kid working in the business for a while and then you've hired a couple of staff and whatever and, you know, a couple more vans or whatever you do. But then once you get, you know, you, you, you're opening a Sydney office and, you, you know, you've got 50 staff, suddenly the kind of skills you need to manage that kind of enterprise are totally different to the kind of skills you needed to start it and to get it going. And I'm actually struggling with that as, as we've sort of grown, you know, the, the, me being a good lawyer and, you know, a, a nice fellow that people want to deal with is one thing. But, you know, I can only deal with so many clients. So over time, the, the, the clients are dealt with by other people and, and they I need to then manage them, which is a totally different skill set, you know, and maybe one that I'm not up to. <laughs> I hope they're, hope they're not listening. I wonder why you're getting a bit more grey hair in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, uh, it, it, so, but I think part of being a leader, you need to go. Okay, well, this is what the business needs now, and this is how I, you know, this is this is the ingredients. And if if you don't have the right ingredients, you're not going to bake a good cake, you know. Well, that's a bit like some of the business owners. You know, they're very good at technically what they've done. They've started the business. They've grown it. And you do see the ones that's, that, that acknowledge that themselves and then they back away or they move into the area that they're good at and they bring in either another family member or it could be an external person to take on that next role to get it to that 
next level of growth. And it doesn't mean that, you know, the original people inside the business um, get pushed out the door. It's just an acknowledgement that your skill set is not suited to where it's going to, but we've got some opportunities over here for you. Yeah, yeah, and they made their way to home for them forever. Yeah, and, and that's always a challenge for a lot of people to kind of get their head around the fact that, oh, but I'm not in charge anymore. Yeah, but as you said, you know, the business that was five people, you could do it. There's now 50. Could, do, do you know all of the requirements that come into how do you manage a team of 50? Like that's not an insignificant and you don't want all 50 people reporting to you. Yeah, 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 because you'll have a heart attack and you, and you see it. Like you'll be away from your family, which is, you know, maybe the reason you set up the business is to provide a better life for your family and you're away from them because – and you're stressed out and, you you know, I've got clients, you know, who overeat, you know, you, you, whatever it is, you, you don't get any exercise, you, you know, unhealthy because you're, you're stressed because you've got so many people reporting to you, you're working lots of hours. But if, if you've got 50 people, you should be working less hours, not more, you know, because Correct. you're just one of 50 suddenly. And so that's a, it's just a different proposition and you can get a CEO in or get a general manager or even on a smaller scale, I've had some clients who've had real success by just getting a, a business coach Obviously, you want someone who's qualified because pretty much anyone can call themselves a business coach. But getting the right person in to come in and help them with the, you know, the, maybe the financial side of the business or some of the management or sitting in meetings, performance review meetings, because they feel confronted by having to do that themselves. And the business coach just helps them um, get that, you know, gives them confidence. Especially when it's been a smaller business and you know, yeah. you know, there's some personal friendships that have that have developed over the years. That's always a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So there's a way through. Yeah, I agree with you with those things. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't have to. Um, We're talking know. about how important it is getting the right people, and, and you know that that is. I don't think that's ever going to be a challenge, and I think in some respects it's, it will continue to be an excessive challenge because we've got people finishing work. Like people are getting older, and they're saying, "I don't want to work anymore," but we haven't got the population coming through to backfill on a bit of that. Because then the question is, you've got good people. How do you hang on to them? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good one. So I know we felt oh, flexible workings where, where everyone's everyone's loving flexible working. So we're fully flexible. You can go into the office if you want, but you can work from home 100% of the time if you want. I mean, we have the odd meeting and stuff that you have to attend, but basically it's a 100% work from home if that's what you want. Right? And I thought, oh, well, everyone's going to love that. And we you know, interviewed a few people when we're trying to put some people on. And they said, oh, I love working in the office. I don't want to work from home. <laughs> like, oh, great. So, you know, so I could. Damn, I, could I thought I was going to get rid of the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I thought I, I could, my current team who don't want to work from the office, I could force them in so that the new people who want to work in a team, you know, so, you know, are happy, but I'm not going to do that. So I suppose what I'm saying is uh, we've discovered to motivate people, you can't really, there's no perfect solution. Some yes. different things are going to suit different people. Some people like being in the office, some people don't. And that's why I sort of thought, well, we'll give people choice. We'll let them do it how they want. But, of course, you go into the office and you're the only one there, then that sort of takes the, takes the fun out of it. So I'm not sure about that. But it also did different management skills as well. When everyone's there, you can kind of, I know you can physically see everyone, but if everyone's working remotely, how are you, like how do you manage part of that and, and you know, by, by attracting the right people and hanging on to them is not also just about the dollars you pay them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like there's a, definitely a point where people say, you know, you could give me another 50 grand. That doesn't matter. I actually want, you know, I only want to work at a 10-day fortnight. Yeah, yeah. Nine day fortnight. I don't want to work, you know, I want one day off every two weeks. Yeah, but you can't structure it perfectly for everyone, you know. And, I mean, a lot of businesses, you know, a lot of my clients, they, they've got, a, you know, a warehouse or a factory or a terminal to deal with. They, they, they need 
boots on the ground, right? There's no good. This working from home stuff isn't going to yeah, isn't going to yeah, cut. But for many businesses, that's just not realistic. Um, uh, and so, you know, does it is it pay? Is it flexibility? Is it um, conditions? You know, do they want a, a nice warehouse or nice office? Do they want the status? You know, it, 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 you've got to offer a package. I think more and more now to, to attract the right people, you've got to offer a very attractive. Um, business. I know now you're seeing those people. There's yoga classes and Pilates classes, and yeah, yeah, you know, external coaching or paying for study. Or, or I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And, and and again, I think part of it becomes the real challenge because there is no one sort of blanket rule for everyone. But it also then becomes a management issue because there's such a personalization. Yeah, for each of the team. How do you then measure that they're performing to the level that substantiates having that? extra whatever it might be that they've called for. The extra pay or the extra conditions, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, I know it's been said, you know, that ultimately you want to get pe- people work for you not because of pay or conditions but because they believe what you believe, you know what yep. I mean, that they're yep. on the same, you know, that's the sort of famous commentators have talked about, you know, your purpose and the why, finding your why and all of that. And I, I, uh, I accept that. I think that's that's applicable in different contexts in different ways. I don't think that applies the same to everyone. If you're, you know, a bus driver, you might not work for a bus company that you believe in that, you know, but but maybe you will, whereas in, you know, professional services or, you know, whatever, it might be different. But I, I think there's a lot to be said for the kind of, you know, why are you in business and what 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 are you trying to achieve? And then then if you understand that, then you can you can screen people and say yes, no, yes, no. And it's just a matter of having enough potential applicants so you can find people who believe what you believe or want to work with you. Um, then it's a numbers I just think it's going to be a real challenge. And and also I think oh, this could be a rash generalisation on some of the younger ones. They, they, they like the idea of coming in and learning a lot, but they're also very comfortable about leaving quite quickly. Like, oh, I've been there, done that, two years, thanks very much, had a good time, out I go. I'm like, I've just spent two years training you. You know, again, how do you manipulate? And then there's also the other spectrum of that is that there are some people that are like dead wood, they're kind of there where we said, you know, well, we just need, you know, Bob needs to stay there because I've got no one else that wants to do it, but he's happy to stay there because he knows that he probably won't get a job elsewhere or can't be bothered. So yeah. it's just as easy to turn up every day. Yeah, 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 I understand. And and, and sometimes there are people who've been there for a long time and sometimes there's some, I know we've had it with, with some clients who've got real loyalty to those people. Most people are not doing a good job. They're no longer a cultural fit. And they're not producing results for the organisation, right? Which are the two, key, in my view, the two key measures of any. If an employee is not the right cultural fit and they're not producing results, then they're not, you know, they're not, they're not got a future. But they've been there a long time. They're, you know, they know everyone, and, and there's some loyalty. We we did a business sale recently where the sale fell over because the new owners didn't want to keep the one of the senior people who had a close relationship with the owner and had been working for him for. Uh, 20 years or something and I think I think she, it was a woman and I think she was she was a, a single mother and I think there was some sympathy for you know that she'd worked through some challenges in her life for the business and been loyal and so on but the new owner did not want her anymore and so they didn't sell and so that was quite you know quite amazing that they that the you know and we're talking it was there's some serious dollars involved and they said no no I've got loyalty to this person I don't want I want them to have a job forever and I want you to guarantee that they will and the new owner said well I'm not going to guarantee I'll keep anyone you know I need to be able to manage my own business which you can understand so it was just amazing the lengths people go for this for if you might call them dead wood I don't know this person's performance whether they were high performer or not but you know that that people hold on to these people who've been there forever and that you know can be cause real trouble and in this case cost them millions of dollars in a purchase price 
Wow. Can you imagine doing that? Sorry, no, she's got to stay. It's like, hmm. I want to get out of here. Yeah, I think it was almost like a, a father-daughter relationship between the owner and the, you know what I mean? There was this yeah, sort of a, right. a kind of a sense of fatherly stewardship about it, which is all very nice, but, you know, it's just, it just interesting the kind of dynamics that can come up. Well, again, it comes back to on any of this sort of stuff, as much as there's a personal relationship, it's a commercial transaction. You know, people, you're engaging people to work inside your business for a reason. Yeah. Now, they can be a great person and they can be your friend, but ultimately, in the end, you have to put on your commercial hat that says, I need to make some of these decisions. Yeah, and you're not doing anyone any favours, even then. I agree. By, by holding, you know, if they're not suitable. Because you go, well, you could go somewhere else and blossom. If you're here, you know, and we're holding you back because, you know, you're not producing the results we need you to produce, you know, and, and there's, you know, there's lots of, like, it's a horses for courses thing, right, with jobs. You need to be in the right job for you. And then, of course, the rest of you have to, muck in and as we discussed it just all ends up very bad um, but yeah, yeah you start so is there anything you want to last sort of comments to close out for for our conversation today oh uh, all i'd say i suppose in summary is you know you you want you want to staff staff are absolutely critical to everything you do so you get the best staff you possibly can support them you know and i think you, you know you can't you can rein in a racehorse you know but you can't train up a trail horse by feeding it or by whipping it, you know what I mean. You can, I think, you're much better off getting the best people you possibly can and, and, and paying them what you need to to get them, and then try and mould them rather than trying to make you know mediocre people excel. Yeah, and I would add into that is to bring in your team for the interview process to ensure that the cultural fit is right as well. Because all of a sudden you can go, "Oh no, they're fantastic," but when you mix them in with the team, they are just complete chalk and cheese, and they're just people go. That for whatever reason, yeah. if they don't tick the boxes for the team, it, it's it's never going to work. So I, I would also say that with looking to get the right people, you know, bring your team along. It doesn't have to be everyone, but you know, don't don't just do it in isolation. Yeah, that's a good point. We've certainly had that issue that you sort of like. Like I think I've got a bit of a blindness. Some maybe I've got no emotional intelligence, but you you don't pick up. <laughs> I'm a lawyer, you know. I've got no personality either. And you, you pick up that, that there's going to be tension between these two people. But it might have been obvious to someone else, but it certainly wasn't to me, and it, it, that can cause problems. Man. Yep. Okay. So thank you, Alex. We'll close out today. Again, I'd like to thank Alex from Taurus Legal Management. He can be contacted via LinkedIn at Alex Martin or via his website of tauruslawyers.com.au. I would also like to thank myself, David Murdoch, the wealth activist from Paxton Bridge. I can also be contacted via LinkedIn or via our website, paxtonbridge.com. Thank you once again and look forward to the next discussion. Cheers. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.